The interviews and discussions in this podcast are opinions only and not financial or investment advice. Listeners should obtain independent advice based on their own circumstances before making any financial decisions. Hi, this is Barry Fitzgerald, Resources Journalist and Garen Perro Columnist for Stockhead. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers Podcast. Today we're catching up again with Mineral Commodities. It trades under the code MRC or Mike Romeo Charlie. It last traded at 26 cents for an undiluted market cap of about $118 million. Lots has been happening at the company since we last caught up with them in August last year. When I say lots of things happening, we're talking about the mineral sands and gardens operation in South Africa and its battery material projects in Europe and Australia. Unusually for the Explorers podcast, Mineral Commodities is a company that is already generating sales and profits, but it has to be said that the company is taking things to a higher level, particularly in the value-added battery material space in Europe. As we all know, Europe is going gangbusters in the electric vehicle space. EV EV sales in 2020 there reached a record 1.04 million units for a 10.5% market share, up from 3% in 2019 or during COVID, mind you. What's more, EV sales in Europe are forecast to reach seven to eight million units by 2025 in response to Europe's increasingly tough carbon emission standards and its bans by individual nations on internal combustion engines taking effect somewhere between five and 20 years. But Europe has a problem. It has negligible presence in the sourcing of battery materials needed to meet the demand coming from all of the gigafactories that are being built across Europe to power the EV revolution. Mineral commodities is positioned to be part of that solution with its graphite interests, most notably with the recent deal with the US group Superior Graphite Co. to form a joint venture for anode production at an existing Superior plant in Sweden. It's, it's an exciting development, and to take us through what it all means, we have Mineral Commodities Corporate Development Manager, Peter Fox, with us today. So, hi, Peter. Welcome to the podcast, and thanks for your time today. Hi, Barry. Uh, great to be back on, uh, on, the, on the program and, uh, and looking forward to discussing what we've been up to in Norway and, and what we're planning to do in Sweden. Right. Okay. So, perhaps we could start out with the MOU you have struck with the Superior. What does it entail, and what is the strategic motivation behind the move, and how does it mesh with the company's existing graphite interests? Yeah, so the, the MOU is, is a, um, it's a preliminary framework that we're going to be working towards with Superior, and ultimately it's going to lead us to what we feel is a very transformational transaction for the company. So Superior are very well renowned in the, in the graphite space. They've been operating a proprietary thermal um, technology uh, since like 1979. So they, they really do have a lot of experience and a lot of pedigree, particularly in operating thermal technology. So they've been, uh, they've got a, an existing uh, factory or plant in Sweden um, that had historically been uh, producing recarburizer products, which go into the steel industry. But obviously, given the, the huge demand that uh, Europe is forecasting and seeing for anode materials, uh, they, they see, like us, the opportunity to, to convert that plant into anode um, production. So that is, is where we came together as, a, as two organisations with, I guess, a common, common interest. They have 
pedigree and experience in operating um, the thermal thermal technology for purification. And obviously, we uh, have our own ambitions uh, in taking our, our concentrate that we're producing out of our plant up in Norway at Scarland and taking that further down the value chain. So we already had uh, very established plans to build an active anode plant in Norway. All we're doing under this agreement is essentially charting a path whereby we will now um, take the material once it's been spherinized and then put it through the plant at Sunsville where we'll purify it using, using um, Superior's uh, proprietary technology. Now, that, that's incredibly important for us in the sense that what that's going to do is it's going to reduce our time frame to market. It's, probably, it's going to be a lower capital cost. And when it comes to uh, our overall execution, what it's going to do is it's going to remove a lot of the technology risk, almost mm. all of the technology risk. So mm. it's a super exciting transaction from where we sit. Okay. So what does it mean for, the, you mentioned there, the active anode material plant you, uh, you've done a PFS on uh, in Norway. What does it mean for that project? So what, what, we're, what we intend to do in Norway, and this has always been part of the plan, is that we'll optimise the plant, the existing plant that we have at Scarland. Um, we're also looking at how we can expand the production profile of that plant. Uh, right now, the plant only produces about a modest 10,000 tonnes of material annually, but we have opportunities to increase production simply by increasing the utilisation rate. Concurrently, whilst we look at how we can expand the plant uh, at, on Scarland, on the island of Senya, we're also going to build a micronisation and spherinisation plant. Now, that was always the plan. Uh, and then concurrently now, we'll be under a joint venture or within the joint venture with Superior, we'll then now be standing up the purification technology in Sweden. So there will still be lots of work to be done in Norway in expanding the mine, expanding production and building the micronisation and spherinisation infrastructure. And at the same time within the joint venture, we'll be converting the plant in Sweden and that and making that sort of ready to, to purify material. And then under that joint venture, under the terms of the joint venture, we'll then be selling the anode material out of the joint venture and distributing the, you know, the benefits of those sales between the two entities. There'll be a transfer pricing agreement between Scarland and, and the joint venture. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll be able to capture value, I guess, from the transfer pricing from the spherical graphite. And then again, we'll see um, the, the value realised at, at the sale of the, the active material or the active anode material. Mm. I was wondering if you could give us a feel for, uh, you're obviously going down the value add chain here. You can sell flake graphite concentrate if you want, but if you can take it to these sort of final products that actually go into the batteries, what's the sort of value uplift? Yeah, look, that, that, that's an excellent question. I think, you know, when you look at uh, the, the challenges for, for companies that are, I guess, trying to execute on a concentrate-only pathway, um, the concentrate market for traditional applications of flake graphite is, a, you know, a relatively underwhelming market. Um, the growth really comes from the introduction of demand for battery applications and then if you look at where you can capture value, like right now we're selling our concentrates for somewhere in the order of about six to seven hundred US dollars per ton. When we're looking at uh, a an active 
anode material, that that price range now leaps up to as much as between seven and ten thousand dollars a ton, depending on you know the, the the quality or the electrochemical properties of the material you're producing. So obviously, a lot of value value to be captured by by going to a downstream process. Right. The one thing that stood out for me is uh, I think we all know that the Europeans are uh, particularly sensitive to uh, provenance when it comes to raw materials. This one, with its uh, thermal purification um, capabilities uh, with superior technology, how does that compare with the hydrofluoric acid type of processing that China, our friends in China use? Excellent question. The, the, the premier technology when we're talking about purification especially for the ore types that we're dealing with, you know, up in Europe, you know, they've got uh, relatively high levels. You know, we're dealing with uh, sulfides, we're dealing with sulfur in the ore. So the, the, the purity that you get from thermal purification is second to none. Even, even toxic processes like a hydrofluoric acid leach will still struggle with the sulfur in the ore body. Um, whereas the thermal purification is is going to give you the best quality material, and to 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 that extent, you know we're seeing uh, offers for premiums that will be paid on material that is thermally purified just because of the high quality that you know can be um, assured with that process. So there's there's certainly benefits in going for a thermal process. Mm. Now thermal implies heat, and heat implies energy. Uh, how green can your energy supplies be in that part of the world? Look, that that's a, one of the real values, value adds that we've got or one of the real opportunities that we realise by having our operation in Norway. Norway is 98% run on renewable energy. It's pumped hydro energy and mm-hmm. you can sign up um, per power purchase agreements for as low as $0.02 cents a kilowatt hour. So incredibly low cost and as as renewable and as low carbon emission as you could possibly hope for. Now, when you're talking about Sweden, Sweden also has incredibly sort of attractive um, energy available to us. Uh, the I think I believe that the split for for um uh, for Sweden is somewhere in the order of about forty five percent hydro. Um, then the rest of it is uh, then the majority of it is nuclear, with um, about seven percent coming from wind and other sources. So 48% hydro, 45% nuclear. I'm just looking at the data now and 7% other including wind. So very low cost and also very low carbon footprint energy. So with, with the combination of that, of that energy and then obviously the localization where we, you know, we won't have to worry about a high carbon footprint in transporting and shipping the material, we feel that we're going to have one of the most sustainable anode products available on the European market. Right, which is, uh, as I mentioned earlier, is just what Europe needs because there ain't much available there at the moment unless they want to buy it in from China or elsewhere. Yeah, look, to that that point, Barrett, there's 100% of all natural flake graphite that that is um, sold into the market as as anode comes from China. Mm. So there is is no alternate supply outside of China for this material. Mm. Okay. Now, it is an MOU. What, what is the process and timing involved in converting the MOU into a fully-fledged joint venture, you think? Yeah. So we've got um, the MOU with, with exclusivity over the, 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 um, the transaction on Sunsville. 
that due diligence period is going to be relatively short. You know, we envisage that to be completing by the end of May. From that point, we'll then move into, I guess, definitive agreements where we'll sit down and we'll we'll go through and we'll structure the joint venture. And we're aiming for completion by the end of July. So mm-hmm. by the end of July, the, the joint venture will, will be stood up and we'll be moving straight into the, the study work and the refurbishment work and, and getting on to uh, uh, constructing and refitting out the plant towards anode supply. Right. And initially, I think you're looking at sort of 15,000 to 20,000 tonnes per annum of active anode? That's correct. So from our assessments and obviously Superior's assessment of of the existing plant, there's a lot of infrastructure there that we're going to be able to leverage upon. Uh, the capacity is, is sort of targeted at a, between fifteen to 20,000 tonnes per annum. Right. So very significant production. It, entirely. Look, it, it's... Um, it's very significant for the Europeans. It's very symbolic for the Europeans. Uh, but look, if you look at this production in the overall demand picture that we're seeing mm-hmm. from Europe, uh, you know, it's probably somewhere in the order of about 10% of the overall demand for anode material as natural flake graphite. So we're talking only about 40% of the overall demand. Uh, that could be as high as 500,000 tonnes by 2025. So lots of room for more material to come into this market as it expands. Hmm. Okay. Now, one thing that might be intriguing people, uh, we know uh, Superior have a, a longstanding uh, reputation in the industry and they've got their, um, their thermal purification technology. Why did they settle on you guys? Look, I think uh, the... You know, the Scarland mine can't be understated in its its strategic, strategic value mm-hmm. um, and, you know, its standing inside the graphite community. Scarland has been operating for nearly as long as Superior Graphite have been operating. Superior is a third-generation company that was established in 1917. Um, Scarland was first commissioned and produced ore back in 1918 with, you know, mainstay production occurring from about 1948. So this mine has been around for a very long time. Um, At Superior, uh, subsequently, you know, know the material, they know the quality of the material that comes out of uh, Scarlin. And I guess it's a natural fit, Barry. You know, it makes sense that with all of this emphasis about securing local supply, localization uh you know a nordic solution that that you know we would be a perfect fit um for you know both our our raw material supply and their expertise to ultimately come together and create a a solution that you know that europe certainly needs Mm. now just being uh parochial for a moment where does uh the project in WA, uh, which I always have trouble pronouncing, but I'll have a go. Mungling, mungling up, is it? Mungling uh, up, yeah, no, mungling. absolutely. And, and, yeah, you can tell I'm from really. Melbourne. You can tell I'm from Melbourne. Um, <laughs> where's that? You've got a DFS on that uh, delivered as well. Uh, we do. Where does that fit into the the big picture now? That that is is still a you know obviously very important asset. That's where our graphite journey started. Um, look, I spoke to before, earlier about the. You know the the demand that we see. You know this huge demand that that's emerging in Europe. So, Scarlin is is going to be, I guess, how we establish ourselves and we develop a brand as an anode producer. Mm-hmm. But I think where the scale 
and um, the opportunity to increase overall production will will be will come from here in Australia. So you know, Munglanup is a wonderful ore body. It, it's the purification credentials of the material uh, are really really encouraging. It's uh, a free dig ore body, so a low energy ore body to mine. Um, you know, we're really looking forward to getting that that project into production. So that is going to, I guess, be the critical mass behind our overall development plan. Initially, we will be, you know, just concentrating on on Scarland, but, you know, concurrently we'll be able to leverage off our, our processing infrastructure and expertise that we gain by operating Scarland. You know, we'll be able to take set big bulk samples up, push them through the plant in Norway mm -hmm. and get that material qualified and understood in existing markets under our existing anode brand and, and get that material into the European market. So we have high hopes for, for Munglin' Up and it, and it is very much still part of our overall strategic vision for the company. Um, uh, it, it's going to be where the critical mass comes when, in our overall mm. anode um, plans. Okay. Now, um, South Africa is still there, of course, the Mineral Sands Garnet, uh, Garnet operation. What's, uh, what's the latest there? And how do you see the mineral sands market looking at the so moment? So, look, we're seeing some, you know, I guess the commodity composite in general is all looking pretty encouraging, and, and that's certainly the case. Uh, we see some good um, sort of structural deficits emerging, particularly, you know, in Ilmenite and, and Zircon. There, there's, some, there's some very good price action that we're seeing. Um, our, our concentrates being, you know, such high-grade and clean con that, we've, we've, um, that we sell uh, – are in good solid demand, so we see the market um, with you know in a very positive light at the moment. What we're looking to do is you know with the permitting outcomes that we've already got, uh, we're looking to obviously expand. Um, we've we've opened up new mining areas in the northern beaches, and and we're we're also in the process of of commissioning mining. We've, we have commissioned mining in the inland strand areas. So lots of effort on uh, the exploration in those areas. There's, there's very late-staged mine planning uh, and we're looking forward to a phased expansion at Tormen over the coming years that will incorporate um, both the place of beaches, the high-grade place of beaches that we have, but importantly, starting to bring in our uh, more traditional sort of strandline resources that we'll be able to systematically manage um, and, or campaign mine with our with our beach place of beach resources. Um, also, you know, a big push on... Um, looking to expand the footprint um, with permitting outcomes. You know, we're very excited about the prospectivity of the, you know, the, the, the precinct as a mineral sands precinct. So, you know, lots of work to be done up in, uh, or sorry, across in, in South Africa. Um, and, you know, watch this space for updates in relation to the feasibility study and, and how that mining is going to, to look over the, you know, over the coming years. Hmm. Now, here's one for you. Um, do you think the... South African business is fairly valued in this market vis-a-vis -vis, uh, you know, other ASX-listed mineral sands groups, whether they're in production or not? Uh, look, surprise, surprise, I'm going to say they're highly <laughs> undervalued. <laughs> but, look, it, it, it's, it, it's a bit perplexing, our, our market cap. Uh, you know, we don't know whether the market's attributing value to our graphite or, or not attributing mm. any value at all or whether it's not attributing any value to our mineral sands. I think... You know, as a summer parts valuation here, our existing market cap could could easily accommodate 
just one of our projects, um, you know, whether it's the mineral sands or the graphite strategy. So, look, I think um, there's always been a discount applied to uh, operations in South Africa, um, fairly or unfairly in the past. All I can say is, is that, you know, we've been um, very, very encouraged uh, by our, um, our progress um, in South Africa in, in recent times. And, you know, we feel like um, that, you know, that the, the jurisdiction is, is a good place to be at the moment. And, you know, it, it's a, it, we, and we're obviously playing a, a fairly important role in the, in the local economy, especially given the challenges that yeah. COVID have, have caused for, for South Africa and, and the local, you know, uh, economies and communities that we operate in. All right, so we've got a more or less a, a two for one scenario uh, panning out at the moment, but uh, worth watching. So bring it all together for investors. What should they be looking out for in the uh, the rest of this year, perhaps? Yeah, look, we we we're obviously incredibly excited about um, you know delivering the, uh, the the due diligence and and I guess identifying what we feel is going to be a transformational opportunity with the Superior Joint Venture. There's lots of detailed plans to come out on how we're going to roll out our anode anode strategy. Uh, And and then when we're talking about the mineral sands, you know, we've we've got lots of exciting, um, uh, you know, developments on that front as well. You know, we've got uh, new ore bodies that we're opening up. We've got increased production uh, that, that and, and ultimately that that's going to be we feel is going to result in a you know a very compelling investment case and you know we we feel now that we've got an opportunity to to really get the uh, the company out um, and and proper uh, you know I guess properly valued uh, when it comes to promoting the graphite business and and getting the, the people to properly appreciate the value of our mineral sands operation and the the value of those cash flows to to the business and and uh, in, in how we develop our, our growth strategies going forward. Well, certainly one to watch. Um, <clears throat> exciting on both fronts there, really, when you think about it. So with that, Peter, thanks for your time today and good luck with it all. We'll be watching with interest. Good on you, Barry. I really appreciate your time. Thanks so much.